Our readings on this third Sunday of Easter speak of trust. And it's not simply trusting that everything will be okay, but rather a trust that the suffering that we endure is worth it. In our first reading from Acts, we see the consequences of preaching the gospel. Rather than bowing to threats, the disciples rejoiced that they had been found worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name of Jesus. And we'll see in the weeks to come, as we keep reading the book of Acts, that these threats and orders will result in imprisonment and execution. Unfortunately, this type of religious persecution is not limited to the ancient world. In the past few weeks, we have seen worshipers persecuted for their beliefs, in Christian churches, synagogues, and mosques alike. This is difficult. But our response in the face of such violence must be the same as these early disciples, to rejoice, to trust in the name of Jesus. So how are we supposed to rejoice and trust in the face of suffering? It's quite a tall order to expect to be able to willingly approach suffering and persecution. Our gospel reading makes one thing certain for us, that by ourselves it is impossible. We will run and hide every time. Fortunately, our gospel for today is not an account of how weak we are. Rather, there are some key insights into how we might navigate this problem of fear. First of all, and I must admit that I find this post-resurrection account somewhat of a comical story, I always chuckle a little bit when I read it. Here we have professional fishermen doing, presumably, what they do best, fishing. And they haven't caught a thing all night. All of a sudden, someone shouts out from the shore, try the other side of the boat, as if that was not something that they would have tried by now. Now, whether or not they tried it before, not the point. Rather, it is at the command of Jesus that the disciples were able to find what they were looking for. This is where our courage comes from. The story continues. They find on the shore, after Jesus calls them, a fire with fish and bread already present. And this might be the most uncomfortable reality for us. Jesus doesn't need what we have to offer. He's God. He literally has the whole world and all of creations in his hands. But, and this is crucial, he still desperately wants us to bring something to the table. He wants us to contribute to the feast nonetheless. See, we can trust that when the time comes for us to suffer or to be persecuted for the faith, and if we're living an authentic Christian life, then that time probably will come at some point. We can trust that the work has already been done. The table is set and the feast is ready. Christ is there in us, moving and working already. All we have to do is trust that he will, like those disciples in the boat, show us our true desire, what it is we are truly looking for, and ultimately to contribute to the feast, so that we can respond to those who would persecute us with love, compassion, and joy.